So Margot, thank you so much for coming on to the show again. I always am asking you to be on the show. Have you noticed? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Every week I'm like, Margot, can I talk to you about this? Margot, can I ask you about this? Well, I think what happens is we're chatting on Facebook and one of us asks a question and the other one answers and you're like, oh, we need to do this on the podcast. <laughs> you give me half my ideas, right? <laughs> I don't think so, but oh, you need yeah. to ask your viewers or your listeners if they, if they really, if, if they want to just hear you or if they want to hear you in a guest. I, they, they want to hear me with you because you always have something better to bring to the equation. You make me think of something I didn't before. So that's why I keep asking you to be on the show. And also, Margo, there's very few people who understand leather bags in the way that you do, and maybe in the way that I appreciate it. <laughs> We're, we are we are a little club into ourselves. Yeah, there's others out there, of course, but yeah. you know they're few and far between. So, <laughs> um, and of course, um, today's episode is going to be more lighthearted than the last episode we did together. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'd like to talk today about how to buy and sell vintage leather bags. And I feel like you are the expert on this because you do it so often and you've had so much experience in it. So I have a handful of questions that I would love to ask you. And I think our listeners would enjoy learning. So do you mind if I do that? Go right ahead. Did you want to mention that you're filming this? Oh, yes, of course. Thank you. So if you would like to... Um, watch this podcast instead of just listen to this podcast, uh, please go to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Lisa Goddard. Yeah. Thank you, Margo. <laughs> okay. Gotta, so gotta, gotta plug yourself. You gotta get that in there. You're right. Well, let me plug you for a second. You see these nice earrings I'm wearing? Yes. Who made those? Yes. <laughs> see these nice ones I'm wearing? You made the same person made these. Holly Wobbles designs on Etsy. Right. right. <laughs> it's funny. I posted a picture recently online in one of our leather bag groups. And a lot of people were like, who made that one? Who made that one? And they were yours. So <laughs> anyway, you, you are very talented in what you can do. And I, well, thank I you. souped these up before anybody else did. So I'm really, really thankful. Well, I made some more. So if you like them, uh, you, you can probably find them still on my website. Okay. So it's etsy.com slash shop slash Collie Wobbles Designs. Yes. And I'm sure you'll put a link below. Yeah, I'll put a link below. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Margo, tell us what is the definition of a leather bag that is vintage? And I would like to know, like, is there a certain time frame that it has to fall into to be considered vintage? Tell us about that. That's a tough question because, okay, uh, if, if you're selling on Etsy, they say 20 years is, is vintage. That's a really short frame of time. That is, um, you know, most of us can remember 20 years ago, real easy. Um, so I might buy a bag that's 20 years old and sell it on Etsy as vintage, but it really depends. Um, some of the bags, 1980s and 1990s is considered vintage. For some, you want to go back to the 60s and 70s and some even to the 40s and the 20s, depending on what genre of bag it is. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of what appeals to you. Anything that's not modern, still in production, um, at least 10 years old, you can't get something like it anymore, really. That, that's probably vintage. That's considered vintage. Okay. Okay. 
And I would be curious to know, is there a certain time period that you like best for your vintage bags? Oh gosh. Um, uh, probably, well, it's different for each, each, um, manufacturer. Oh. So when we get into manufacturers, I'll sort of tell you when they made these bags and you know, when the, that kind of thing. But, um, I really like, uh, when I find certain seventies bags, but, um, the ones I'm more likely to carry are probably seven, 60, seventies and eighties. Okay. Um, of the, like vintage coach or Dooney. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to, I'm going off my, my questions like off track, but so there are some vintage bags that you love, but you won't carry. Probably. Yeah. But because it's, it's, they're not practical. Oh, I see. a vintage coach or a vintage Dooney is still very practical, but a vintage seventies bag. And I did a, I did a talk on one of those is, is it's just not, it's not very user-friendly. Some are, you know, it just depends on on your style and what you okay. want to carry. Okay. Okay. And how can you tell just by looking at a bag, if it is vintage, what do you, what do you look for? Um, it's, that's a real subtle thing. I mean, I know when I see a vintage coach bag versus a modern coach bag mm -hmm. and um, it's, it's the leather it's okay. So there's a manufacturer right now. Um, her name just left me. I can't remember. Her bags are sold at Dillard's and they're styled off of vintage bags. Oh, okay. And um, they have a, the, the leather has a different feel. And if her name pops into my head while we're talking, I'll, uh, I'll mention it, but. Um, Whenever you the, think that I can link it down below. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but you can see them at Dillard's and, and she even says she styles them after vintage styles, which is really neat and really nice and, and cool because not everybody is going to the flea market and garage sales and hunting for these things. So you can buy Patricia Nash. That's it. Patricia oh Nash. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, those, I just can tell by the feel of the leather. I don't really care for, if I can say that, I don't really care for the feel of her leather. It's, it's a little bit stiff and I guess that's just age. You know, I'm used to a softer, softer leather on vintage style bags. So, um, but she has some really, really cute designs all based on older bags. So she's bringing back styles that you can't get anymore, basically. Yes, like the little clasp, what they call kiss lock clasps yeah. Yeah. and some of the seventies um, tooled leather looks. Wow. Yeah, so if you like that style, you can you can get it uh, from Patricia Nash, but I prefer to find the real thing. Yeah. And what was your question? Um, Oh, so How can you tell? Yeah, so you're looking at a bag and, and there must be some key key things that your eyes are going to look for to say, okay, this is worth my money. Well, one of the things is where did you find it? Okay. Um, if I'm finding it at an estate sale or a garage sale or an antique store, it's, it's more likely to be vintage if the other stuff in the sale is vintage. But like if I found a Patricia Nash and I didn't have the label on it and I didn't know, I might pick it up and look at it and I would see there's differences in the hardware, there's differences in the leather, there's differences in the lining. And one of the key factors is look for a cell phone pocket. Whoa. If you don't see one that puts it in one step closer to vintage. Now, if you see a little one, little cell phone pocket, 
that puts it in the early 2000s because remember those little flip phones we had yeah. um and if you see a bigger cell phone pocket it might be even newer How about look it? for look for those cell phone pockets you know your vintage 1980s 1970s doonies aren't going to have one wow so that's a key thing to look for to help you yeah. date it as well yeah oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay um now tell me what are the most sought after brands of vintage leather bags okay so i had my answer to this question but then i went and i and i uh went into youtube and i typed in vintage leather bags to see what the most videos come up okay and it agreed with me and that is coach <laughs> yes coach oh, who does not love a vintage coach bag it is amazing and if you have a chance google the name bonnie cashin c-a-s-h-i-n okay she is responsible for bringing coach out of the men's market and into the women's market in the 1960s and 50s she also brought women's bags from the framed kiss lock purses that you see all of our grandmothers carrying into the sort of crossbody, softer leather bags that you and I gravitate towards today. And her designs were fabulous. And she also brought in that glove tanned leather that we, we all associate with Vintage Coach. That's mm. just that soft and it's just held up over time. Yeah. I mean, so many of those bags are still around. So and did, they, she, did she work for Coach? Yeah. Okay. She was a designer. Yeah. And do we know when you say, did you call it glove tanned? Yes. So do you know what that means? What does that mean? Good question. <laughs> um, I think from my reading, and it's a little bit confusing because at first I thought, oh, it's tanning for gloves. For like I believe, gloves. Oh, well, well it, that's job. where I ended up. Yeah. It was baseball gloves. That's what I understand. It's not uh, not like your hand gloves, but like a baseball glove. But to me, those those don't feel like baseball gloves. So no. I don't really know what gloves tanned leather actually means. Okay, so so listeners and viewers, if you know, please leave in the comments down below. Educate us what glove tanned is, because yeah, I would really want to know because you're right. Coach bags have vintage coach bags have stood the test of time. They always look good. They mm -hmm. also um, can be restored, it seems like pretty easily, like maybe not yeah. a full restoration that I would be familiar with. But like, if I were to find an old one, a little bit of conditioning, and it's, you know, it, it bounces right back. It, yeah, it comes right back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love their the vintage coach bag is sort of what brought me into leather bags. Yeah, I, I knew it, my bucket list was got to own some some vintage leather and it wasn't my first, but you know. And there, I mean, they can be, depending on what you're used to spending for a bag, they could be expensive, but you can also find them very reasonably on, um, on eBay and Etsy. Yes. And you just need to make sure they're authentic. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> um, what was the, what was the question? Um, the brands I want to know about. So, okay. So the second is Dooney and Burke. The old um, all weather leather, you know, that you think of like the greens and the blues and the browns that were pebbled. And then they have a sort of an um, English saddle trim on them. Yes. They look very equestrian. Yes. Those, those, uh, those old Dooney and Burks. And do you know what year they were from? Um, 
they vary but i think mostly they were 80s and 90s okay and then i have a new favorite which we don't know about in america very often and that is um that is oriton o-r-o-t-o-n and i did a video on these okay you can still find these in the u.s um but they're they're probably 80s and before what they make now is does not look like this at all um but it just it has a neat little vintage look to it and they're very they're very well made they're called the coach of australia really so and there's no cell phone pocket wow nope so, no cell phone pocket in that no no that is for sure wow okay so coach dooney and burke any oh and and okay any others and, um not by brand i mean you know, I'm not into Louis Vuitton and of uh, the designers. Okay. And a lot of, I mean, I hate to say those are the brands, you know, I'm sure there's others out there that I just don't know anything about, mm -hmm. but I just gravitate towards Coach and Dooney mostly. But also if I find, I find a bag, making a lot of noise here, you know, like from the seventies, like this one, it's just got that thick, thick leather. If it's a quality leather bag and it's reasonably priced, I will probably pick it up mm -hmm. just because I know there's a market for it mm -hmm. and um you know I it depends on if you're reselling or you're buying for yourself yeah but you know something like this I, I picked this up even though I don't have a name brand to go with it and and for your um listeners only this is a vintage 70s leather saddle saddle bag very very similar to one I owned as a kid that's right I remember that lovely story I I feel like um and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like brand names being stamped and being very visible were probably less popular long ago because every company was smaller mm -hmm. and, and we didn't really see brand names as much as we do now. Like, it's amazing. My children are so young and they know brand names so well. They also know the relationship between brands, which is really? amazing to me. Yeah, like my son will know, um, you know, like, oh, that's Disney and Pixar. They collaborated on this, but not on that. And therefore the toys are made by Mattel or not. Like, I'm just like, you know, it's just like amazing to me. Wow. Um, you know, today we're really seeing them as entities. And I feel like long ago, would you agree that they were more um, smaller businesses and therefore they didn't really brand them as much yeah when i think about vintage bags that i pick up and not always leather ones you have to open them up and look inside to see the the name yeah and it's all usually on a little tag like in the back of your shirt it's the same kind of little tag inside it's usually on the pocket okay and um it's not on the outside of the bag putting branding mm -hmm. is a is a, a really pretty a new <laughs> can't speak it's pretty much a new thing you know you see these coach bags with the c's all over them and the michael Kors with the mk's and the dooney and, uh no no it was who was it that um gucci g's all over there yes um i wonder you know i think it started i read somewhere that it had to do with counterfeiting and that you can't necessarily it's easier to copyright a logo and so they would just put logos all over everything oh. to copyright their bags. I don't know if that's true. I read it somewhere. Interesting. Okay. But I don't like it. I don't like the, the, the C's and the MK's and all that all over my bags. It's a little much. Okay. 
So speaking of that, speaking of counterfeiting, how do you identify a fake if there, if there is one in front of you? Okay, well, Vintage Coach and Vintage Dooney are often faked. And um, one of the things you can do for a coach is inside the coach bag, inside the pocket is the coach creed. It's written right inside that pocket. Under yeah. that creed is a number. Now you can look online. If you're going to be looking for vintage coach bags, look online and see what the proper wording for that creed is, what the numbers should look like, mm -hmm. and fun. just educate yourself as to what that yeah. is. You can often tell a lot of times too by feel. Um, your vintage bags aren't going to be, usually aren't going to be as quality as the real thing. Now for vintage doonies. I mean, the vintage, the knockoffs are not going to be as good as the real thing. Is that what you mean? Correct. I don't know what I said. Okay. I think you said, I don't know what you said. <laughs> you probably just need to hear it again. Can we do a timeout? Yep, absolutely. I'll stop recording completely. Hey, Raj, vintage Dooney bags, um, you know, they have the all weather leather, which is that sort of pebbled, it's usually a color like green or blue or brown or black. And then the edges have a piece of, um, what can I think? British tan, smooth okay. edging. That to me, the fakes, that leather on the edge looks orange real orange really instead of brown there's a i mean if i had if i had two side by side i could i could show you the difference but to me that's the first thing that i notice when i pick up a fake dooney if that leather on the side does not have it that just that specific patina mm -hmm. then um it's probably a fake also in oh i'm sorry to interrupt you can i just ask um these fakes were they made at the same time as are these are these vintage fakes? They were made at the same time as the vintage bag, or were they made long later? Probably at the same time, okay. and okay. you know they're being sold out of the back of people's vans and stuff like that. You okay. know, um, but they may still be making. I don't know. I see them at estate and garage. I see more fake doonies than I see fake co fake coaches. Mm, okay. I don't know why. There's there's a lot of. Um, idiosyncrasies to the logo and you can look that up online how to spot a fake dooney mm -hmm. um the other thing that i look for is i open the bag up and i look for the there's a little tag inside that's red white and blue and it'll have the dooney and burke logo on it and if you lift it up there's a number on the other side mm -hmm. and um that doesn't necessarily mean it's not a fake but that's something to look for inside the bag and i have spotted real ones that have that missing because I don't know it gets lost or it gets pulled out I don't know so uh, and there were some years they weren't putting those in there so it's not a foolproof way but it is a good sign that it's a that it's a a, a dooney bag okay. but to me the big red flag is that edging leather what does it look like How about that? and of course if you pick up any of these bags and they're not leather or the leather's peeling um, I see a lot of like fake coach, modern fake coaches and the leather's peeling, mm. or you can see uh, it's worn off and it's not even leather. Yeah. That's not a real, that's not a real bag mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. brand. I don't think I have this on my questions, but may I ask you, do your, vin when you pick up a vintage bag, it looks pretty authentic. Does it have a scent to it that you can detect? 
Uh, yeah, that's the nose test. And that was, I was going to talk to you about that. Oh, are you? I'm um, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, it's actually, it's actually there. So um, your question was going to be, what do I look for when evaluating a vintage bag? Oh, okay. Okay. Did we, did we skip that one? Maybe I didn't get to that one yet. Okay. okay. Um, but first is condition. If it's torn up, I'm not going to get it. If it's beyond repair, I'm not going to get it. Um, but the second is the smell test. Mm. And I stick my nose in bags. And the problem is, and I, I got caught by this one time, is if you're in the house, like in the state sale, and you're in the house of the person who owned the bag, and they were a smoker, you've already gone nose blind by the time, mm. you know. So I stuck my nose in this bag. I'm like, oh, that doesn't smell. And then bought it, took it home, and it reeked. I mean, Lisa, mm. we're talking the worst strongest smoke smell and I didn't smell it in the house at all wow. and um I, I tried charcoal packets in that thing for months I tried putting it in the sun um finally I eventually took it apart for the leather and I washed it and when I was washing it in the sink you could just see all that nicotine just flowing out of the inside of the bag I was what scrubbing it that, like black it was brown dark brown and at first I thought, is this dye? No, it was, it was nicotine. And uh, I had to wash and scrub and scrub that leather to get it clean enough to reuse for projects. Wow. That's amazing. So, I mean, the best way to ruin your bag's resale value is to, to smoke. Wow. Around it. And sounds like you have to carry with you some um, coffee beans because you know this, right? Is that neutral? No, I don't. What? Yeah, like between smells, you're supposed like I think the brain can only handle like five smells at a time or something like, and then you have to like reset, clear the, <laughs> clear it out. And, oh wow! Um, so most like beauty counters where they sell um, different perfumes and whatnot, behind the counter they will have a little bowl of coffee grounds or coffee beans. They don't have to be ground; they can just be beans. And if you take a whiff of that, it usually then helps you to detect other scents better. Hmm. So that's what you should start carrying with you. Interesting. Margo. I had no idea. That's a good thing to know. That's, I wonder if that would help absorb smell too. Probably not. Probably not. It would be worth investigating. Yeah. I would rather my bag smell like coffee than smell like cigarette smoke. And yeah. this was, this was, this was, I actually said, I'm, you know, I had, I had the charcoal packet in it for months mm. and I said, oh, I bet this isn't so bad. And I carried it one night and it was sitting in my lap during a movie. And even, even there, it was getting into my nose. And I was like, and you can't put your bag on the floor in a theater. So I was, uh, I was making me sick. Oh, you know, it's just. Wow. Yeah. Unpleasant. Oh, and the third thing I look for when considering a purchase is resaleability because mm -hmm. I'm buying to resell most of the time. Okay. And I want to, I want to get something that I think can be resold. Because this, uh, this helps fund your uh, leather bag. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I might buy a bag I don't like, but I think I can sell it to buy a bag I do like. That's right. That's, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so my next question was, where do you find most of your vintage leather bags? And so it sounds like yard, um, yard sales and estate sales, right? Yeah, it's um, it's estate sales. A lot of people do resale shops. Okay. I haven't had good luck at resale shops, but I'm not real consistent with it. And um, so yard sales, estate sales, and resale shops. And, and then 
The thing about yard sales is almost every yard sale with clothing, like you'll drive by and you'll say, oh, that's mostly clothing. There's almost always bags too. And so it's worth stopping. Even if you're not looking for clothing, it's worth stopping. And they, they all tend to display the same way. They have their clothing rack and then on the rack, they'll be hanging their bags. Now, a lot of times there's also a box and this box is usually on the ground and it'll be full of bags and dig in those boxes. I have found vintage, really good vintage bags at the bottom of those boxes. And then of course, a lot of times, sometimes they'll have them out on a table or if they're really nice bags and they know they're nice bags, they'll have them inside next to the checkout. But those box, look for those boxes of bags Okay. because there might be a treasure in the bottom. Okay. And the, and clothing is the thing you see first that brings you in. Yeah. And a lot of times, because I'm not looking for clothing, I'm looking for vintage household goods. Um, I might not go to a sale that has clothing, but now that I'm looking for bags, I'm more likely to stop at that sale. Okay. Wow. That's really interesting. I wish I could go yard tailing with you on a Saturday morning. If we live near. Oh, I tell you what, I kiss a lot of frogs. Sometimes there's nothing. I'll go to sale after sale after sale and there's just absolutely nothing. But so it, it's not as exciting as it sounds, but I do. <laughs> How much is an appropriate amount to spend on a, a vintage bag? Do you think? Um, it depends. Okay. I'm reselling, but if you're not reselling and you're looking um, for a specific bag, you, you have to know in your own head what your limit is, okay. know what the online prices are. And yeah. it, I'm not, I mean, I've been known to, to go on my app and look at, if I see a bag, I like at an estate sale, I'll, I'll grab it, hold on to it, go find a corner and look online and see what they're selling for. Yes. Uh, now with eBay, you want to make sure you're looking at sold items because people list them for crazy amounts. Sometimes. Oh, that's true. That's true. You need to make sure you're looking at sold items. And the problem, a lot of um, estate sale and garage sale people, a trap they fall into and they'll say, you know, when you're asking, when you go down on this, they'll say, oh, well, that's listed online for whatever. And they're looking at the listed price, not the selling price. So if, sometimes if I know it's really not worth that, I might pursue that and say well is that what it's selling for <laughs> but it usually if they're set to me because I'm reselling so I'm wanting to pay a lower price so usually if they start out to me saying well online that's this much I know I'm not going to be able to get that bag because they've already done some research on it mm-hmm. um, and you're going to pay more at an estate sale than you would at a garage sale you're right um, the situation- estate sale people they're more educated and and they are more retail but um if I found a vintage coach bag for 20 bucks, I'd buy it. If it was in good condition, 20 bucks is a good price. Mm-hmm. Probably sell that coach bag for 40 mm-hmm. uh, or more. And, but I'm cheap. I'm <laughs> buy low, sell high, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. But um, I mean, sometimes I've found them for $5, Incredible. believe it or not. And that would yeah. probably be the garage sale, the yard sale, because those people just, yeah. they just want to get rid of their stuff. They just want to, yeah. They don't have any idea. Sometimes they don't even know what they've got. Yeah. And they're just grateful that somebody's taking it. So they don't have to fill their trash. You know, it works yeah. out, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody is happy with the end result. Hopefully. Yeah. I would always rather find a good bag at a garage sale than an estate sale, but uh, I'm more likely to find them at an estate sale. I'm so grateful for people like you, though, who are making available to the world these beautiful handbags that cannot be replaced, cannot be found. You know, I'm just so grateful for that because back when I was, you know, 
I have a small collection of vintage coach bags. And when I was starting to look, you know, I was so grateful that people have found these at estate sales and yard sales and garage sales, and they're putting them online to make it available to anyone. And I just think that's really cool. And I think it's, I think it's great that we can find anything we want now. Yeah. I mean, it, back in the day, if you found in a book, you saw a list of vintage coach bags, you might never find that yeah. just out going to um, antique stores and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, now you can, they've always been in these people's closets. Mm -hmm. They've just been sitting there. I keep thinking about my town going, how many wonderful bags are just sitting in all these people's closets? Right, right. To, just waiting to be found. Yeah, that's so cool. And um, Margo, I think I might've told you this before, but whenever I go to a museum with my family, oftentimes there'll be a little scene, you know, in the museum and there'll be a leather bag in the scene with the mannequin or whatever. And I'm always, I'm always want checking that out. What's that? You want to touch it. I do. And sometimes, <laughs> you, can, sometimes you can't. Mm -hmm. um, and also I feel like another group of people that want to buy vintage leather bags is, um, you know, uh, directors for school plays and professional plays because they need to have access to that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I know the university I went to um, underneath one of the dormitories, they had a huge um, closet of clothing that had all been in different plays over the years and you could rent anything, you know, for Halloween or whatever. And it was so cool. And there was a leather bag section just all vintage leather bags that had been used in different plays wow. and you, could, you couldn't buy them, but you could, you could rent them and take them home. Well, and I've sold some, uh, some things to movie, uh, sets, oh, the yeah? set, the, the set directors or the set, um, designers will buy off of Etsy a lot mm. and they have a tell. They'll usually text me and say, can you ship this right away? It's for a movie. Or can you get this out on my FedEx account overnight? Really, and that is almost always a movie or a uh, commercial or some sort of filming issue. And um, I recently sold a, a vintage hippie type boho leather bag to um, a film set. Were it's always able, exciting. That's so exciting. Were yeah. you able to ask questions so that you'll know what movie it is? And you I did. I asked. I asked what movie it was. I couldn't find anything about it online. Um, or very little. So I just, I'll just wait and see, you know, what it is when it comes out. And then look for that bag. And then you look, yeah, I did. I sold a leather portfolio folder to, I think the movie Hidden Figures. Okay. No, 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 no. This one was the Green Book. Okay. I don't know if you heard of that one, no. um, but it was called the Green Book and it had, um, had one of the actors that was in Lord of the Rings was in it. And, um, there was just a, and I, I really couldn't spot it specifically, but I spotted the scene where it probably would have been if I could have gotten in, gotten in closer, I could have said that is, or isn't the one I sold them. That's so neat. But uh, yeah, they look, they look online. So the, then did you just, sorry for this little thing. Yeah. I'm curious. Did they, um, so they, you shipped it with their FedEx account. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they told you their information so that mm -hmm. it would just go faster. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. neat. That is so, so neat. That's just one of the fun things. Yeah. Okay. So here's my next question. Under what circumstances do you decide to help a vintage bag out with some sort of restoration, whether that be a conditioning product, a cleaning product, or even like leather paint? Do you do okay. I've never used leather paint. 
What never used it. Paint? I've never used leather paint. Okay. Um, but um, almost all of them get uh, a wipe down with leather honey or some other cleaner. Okay. And if you buy leather honey, be sure you dilute it, read the directions. And there's, there's leather honey cleaner and there's leather honey conditioner. They're two different things. You get the cleaner, it's, it's a concentrated. Um, and then they all need a drink. They all need a good drink. And I use Thebings or Chamberlain's. Um, what was the, that? What? What was the first brand that you mentioned? Thebings. F-I-E-B-I-N-G-S. Okay. And it's Thebings Aussie. A-U-S-S-Y, -S like Australian. Thebings uh -huh. Aussie. Uh -huh. That was re actually recommended to me one time when I saw a leather company that was selling leather bags at an art show. Hmm. And they had a great feel to them. I said, what are you doing with these? And they, they recommended leather honey and Thebings. And then I know a lot of people that use Chamberlain's. Yes. And I, I use it on my saddlebag bags. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, oh, and they all need a good vacuum inside because yeah, yeah. all the lint and everything gets down in the seams. And yes. uh, yeah, so I vacuum all of them. I try not to get them if they need much more than that, a vacuum and a clean right. and a drink. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're so thirsty. They've been waiting yeah. for you to take oh, care of them. You can just tell old leather that's just saying, give me some moisture. Yeah. <laughs> um, Margo, do you have any experience removing mold from leather? Would you ever buy a vintage bag knowing that you've got mold, but you think it's worth it and that you can take care of it? Have you ever done any of that? No, I don't. And I would walk away from mold, I think. Um, and, but uh, not a bag. I would never buy a bag with any sign of mold and I've never had one with mold. Right. Okay. Well, that's great. Of course, it always can happen where you get home and then you realize it has mold. Then you have to decide, am I going to toss this or, or attempt to treat it? And of course, our listeners and viewers might know that just recently on the podcast here, I did an episode on how to get mold out of leather. You know, you want to mitigate it as best you can. But I do feel that if you're then in an environment that is temperature controlled, I don't think it's going to continue. You know, it, it, it does suppress that. Yeah. The the mold growth and I keep all my bags in inside always have in a climate controlled yeah place I used to have a barn that I stored my other vintage goods but um now everything's inside but I never put leather or cloth or paper out where it could it could grow mold yeah okay okay very cool try to avoid that problem yeah yeah you're so right um okay let's see what next question I have here um Oh, do you have any experience repairing stitches in leather? Like if the, if the threading is coming apart, is that a deal breaker for you or will you still buy it and attempt to repair it? I can repair that. And I, um, I like to go in, I like to match the thread. So if it's a thinner thread, I'll use a thinner thread. And sometimes you can use like a quilting thread or an upholstery thread, depends. You can go to the fabric store and look at all the different thread but you want to go into the existing holes with the saddle stitch. Yes. Um, and just, hmm. just restitch it into the existing holes, not try to do it on a machine or anything, just do it by hand. And usually it's a section, you know, a small section. And uh, I had a bag recently that if it hadn't sold as it was, I would have fixed that stitching, but it sold right away as it was. Wow. Okay. Wow. Very cool. And do you have any experience repairing the hardware on a leather bag? I don't know that I've, I've ever done it, but I could do it. I, um, 
you know, I have rivets and leather scraps and D-rings and stuff like that. I don't know that I'd tackle a zipper unless it just needed to be restitched. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I'm not scared too much by that. If the zipper slider was broken, if the zipper was just couldn't work, I probably would pass on the bag. I don't know. I might try. I don't know. Yeah. It depends on the price, you know? Yeah. I haven't run across too much, but you know, if it's priced too much and I can't get the zipper to work, I might go up to the people running the sale and say, you know, the zipper doesn't work. Will you go down on the price? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. That makes sense. Okay. Um, what techniques can you share for successfully selling a vintage leather bag online? How do you do that successfully? Okay. Well, the first thing, and Danae said this, good pictures. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Good pictures. Um, You have to know your product. I mean, you have to know something about coach bags and something about Dooney bags. And if you, if you pick up a brand that you don't really know much about, but you think, Hey, this has some, this might sell, you know, it's um, I did that recently with a straw bag that I picked up a vintage straw bag, opened it up, saw the name, sort of Googled it real quick. Yeah. It's a known vintage brand, brought it home, did a little research and was able to figure out the price and all that, but I didn't know much about the bag before I bought it. Yeah. I just knew it had, it, it had some vintage value, but um, yeah, good photos, research, very detailed descriptions mm-hmm. and don't omit the flaws. Go ahead and write them in there. And some, some bags will sell with the flaws. I know I'm more likely to buy from a seller who is so kind to zoom in on the tiny flaws and and list everything because I think I'm buying from a person who is very detail oriented that it looks like they're being completely honest so it makes me feel more secure and I'm more likely to buy in that yeah case. and, and a, flaw to, a flaw to one person may not be a flaw to somebody else mm-hmm. for instance if I have a bag that's snuck into my collection and it has the smell of smoke a smoker might buy it you're right you know so okay. it might not bother them Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just disclose those things and um, you know, do your best to make repairs. But if if it's there, put it out there. And that way you're everybody, everybody knows where everybody's at. Yes. Yeah. Better to be honest. Okay. And then I also want to know, Margo, what's your favorite non-bags? We're not talking about bags, but leather item um, that you found. Okay, well, I'm doing a, I'm going to publish when this goes on to, um, when you publish this podcast, mm-hmm. I'm going to publish a video that is all about things I use around my house that are leather that may have had a different use in their former life, but the most unique thing I've ever, that I, that I own, that I just can't part with is this, and if you want to know what this is, <laughs> yes. Okay. For your, for your listeners, it's a tube. It's leather. It unbuckles. I'll go ahead and unbuckle it here for you to see. And it opens up and unfolds and it has a little place at the bottom okay. to store something. And it, it's labeled. It says oh, Kirby Beard and it's out of England. Brushes and razors. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, it's got it's got some real. You, I look at these things and I think, wow, they put all this d- detail into a utilitarian item. It's got embossing here next to the buckle. It's got a cute little buckle. So it's obviously made to travel. Okay. And that's all I'm going to tell you, unless you tune into my video that I posted the same time you post your podcast, then you can fit, find out what it is. 
And but it's just one of the few the things, the many things I have around my house that are leather because I love leather anything. Okay. And um yeah, that's probably the most unique thing I've ever found. Really? Okay. So when let me just ask this. You don't have to tell me what it is, but when you found it, did you know what it was? I think it may have said so on the tag. Oh no, no, there were some items inside that told me what it was. Oh really? There were some items in it, yeah. Okay. And I said, oh, that's that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. Amen. And it's veg tanned, and we can. I don't know if you're picking this up. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can hear the squeak <laughs> from your last video we, or we last love, podcast. We love the sound of a good veg tan bag. A good squeak, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's not to say that, you know, crown tan isn't good too. I enjoy oh, the whole range. If I was going to carry a purse, I would prefer it not to squeak, I think. But just hearing that just reminds me, oh, this is veg tan. <laughs> oh, Margo, this was so much fun. Thank you so much. I, now I feel like carrying a vintage bag today. I think I should. <laughs> you should, you should. <laughs> oh, so, well, thank you so much. And um, I know it won't be long before I'll think of something else I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Well, just so people will know where to view my next video, which yes. is about leather stuff around the house. Um, it's um, YouTube channel is Robo Junker, R-O-B-O-J-U-N-K-E-R. And um, that's where you'll see that video. And it'll it'll go up the same time Lisa puts this uh, podcast up. Okay, great. So I'll be sure I link that down below so people can head over there right now and uh, check out that video. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Thank you, Margo. This was so much fun. It always is. <laughs> it always is. <laughs>